This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. We're back for our first shortcut of 2024, and if you're anything like us, you had a good rest from the news over Christmas and New Year. But now it is time to unmush our brains and check in on two stories that didn't take a break over the holidays. We're talking, of course, about the wars in the Middle East and Ukraine, both of which have seen significant developments in the last couple of weeks. So in this quiz shortcut, we'll bring you up to speed with the latest and what the experts are saying as we head into 2024. Squish Shortcuts is your backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Ty. And I'm Alice Dempster. Alice, let's turn to Ukraine first. And the big question as we headed into the December break was whether the US would continue its military funding of Ukraine's army, which has been crucial to Ukraine being able to mount the defense they have against Russia since it invaded almost two years ago. Yeah, so the US has put its hand in its pocket for Ukraine because it really is interested in stopping the aggression of Vladimir Putin from paying off. Mm. So since the start of Russia's invasion, the US has sent around 44 billion American dollars worth of equipment and military aid to Ukraine. And that was the figure as at mid-December last year. But Trump-aligned Republicans in the US Congress have been grumbling about all of the money being put towards Ukraine. And so they've been unwilling to authorise more spending for it. Exactly. And to be clear, the US President Joe Biden, he really wants to up America's support for Ukraine. Mm. But because Republicans control the US House of Representatives, he can't do too much without their agreement. But Alice, last week, Biden's administration did manage to scrounge together an extra $250 million. Yeah, that makes it sound like they found it under the couch cushions, Alex. (laughs) It was actually some leftover money that they'd previously authorised. But since then, the US government has said that the money's run out unless Congress authorises more money. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Right. And for a final bit of context, the US has contributed more to Ukraine's defence than the next four biggest contributors put together. So it would be a game changer if the US funding did dry up. But as for the on-ground fighting in Ukraine, Russia has been launching massive air attacks against Ukraine since the 29th of December. And that day saw the biggest air attack since the start of the war, in fact, Alex. And Ukraine said that killed 31 civilians. Air attacks have continued in the week and a half since then, including against Ukraine's two largest cities, Kharkiv and the capital, Kyiv. And a bit of analysis I saw from the New York Times was that Russia's air attacks against civilians and cities is part of a new phase in the war. The analysis is that both sides no longer believe that they can win big chunks of territory, and so instead Russia is trying to wear down Ukraine's national spirit. And Ukraine, meanwhile, has been turning to guerrilla tactics like blowing up trains inside Russia or using drones to attack or sabotage Russia's navy and infrastructure. But with no big breakthroughs on the horizon, the word stalemate is starting to float around. Yes, so that conversation is going to be really interesting to follow over the next few months. Mm. 
As for the overall death toll in the Ukraine war since Russia's invasion in 2022, official up-to-date numbers are hard to come by, but as at the end of last year, at least 10,000 Ukrainian civilians had been killed, and the estimate was that around 70,000 Ukrainian troops had died. And then on Russia's side, Alex, the BBC estimates that over 103,000 soldiers had been killed, with another 206,000 wounded. That's one estimate anyway. There are others that put those numbers both higher and lower. It's worth noting too that we're coming up to the second anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, so that will be in late February. And then Russia's presidential elections are on in March of this year. Vladimir Putin is running again, and Alice, given the state of democracy in Russia, he has basically already won. (laughs) But it will still be interesting to watch that election in relation to the Ukraine war. Up next, Israel's war on Hamas. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online, kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN vpn.com forward slash squiz today. Alice, we have just passed the three-month mark since Hamas terrorists attacked and killed more than 1,200 people in Israel and since Israel launched in return its retaliatory attacks on Gaza. Yeah, and just before Christmas on December 21st, the news story was that the death toll in Gaza had passed 20,000 people. Since then, though, the Hamas-led health ministry inside Gaza said on January 2nd that the death toll is now above 22,000. And they also said that at least 50 7,000 people inside Gaza have been injured. The UN has also said that half of Gazans are at risk of starving and that 90% regularly go without food for a whole day. Now, Alice, another shift that has happened in Gaza was the New Year's Day announcement from Israel's military that they would begin pulling thousands of soldiers out of Gaza. Just like Ukraine, they say the war is entering a new phase. And one major thing to note there is that Israel isn't pulling all of its troops out of Gaza. Instead, it's shifting its focus to the centre and the south of Gaza instead of the north, which is where the fighting has previously been the most intense. Right, exactly. And Israel's army said that moving its soldiers out of Gaza will allow them to, and this is the quote, gather strength for upcoming activities in the next year as the fighting will persist and their services will still be needed. The army spokesperson also said that their war aims would quote, require prolonged fighting. Yeah, so that essentially means that Israel's troop movements are more of a regrouping and refocusing for the long run rather Mm. than winding down the war. And US officials expect that the next phase of this war will involve Israel's strategy narrowing to target specific Hamas fighters and leaders. And Alice, we've already seen this type of targeting begin. On January 2nd, a top leader of Hamas was killed in Israeli airstrikes, but he was in Lebanon 
at the time. So that made it the first assassination of a Hamas leader outside of Palestinian territory in years. Yeah, that was really notable. And it refocused a spotlight on the fears that have been present since the very start of the war, which is that it could spill out over the border of Israel and become a wider regional conflict. Another fact adding to those fears are the ongoing attacks by fighters from the Houthi group against ships passing through the nearby Red Sea. Those militants are backed by Iran. Yeah, Squizzers might remember that we were talking about these Houthi attacks on global shipping routes at the end of last year. So this isn't a new story that's happened in the last fortnight. But those attacks have been ongoing for the past few weeks now. And because of those fears of the conflict spilling out and widening, the US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, has once again travelled to Israel to try and stop the conflict from spreading, as well as to try and get Israel to curb its attacks on the civilians living in Gaza. Yeah, but there are reports that the relationship between Israel and the US has begun to strain. The US is also backing Israel's war, but leaders from there have recently been putting more pressure on Israel to protect Palestinians civilians. This trip of Blinken's is his fourth time in the Middle East since Hamas's terrorist attack on October 7 and since the start of that invasion of Gaza by Israel. So we will be watching to see what his trip brings. And that is your shortcut to where the wars are up to. If you like what you heard, please tell people about the podcast. And if you have any requests, you can send them through to hello at thesquiz.com.au. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month, and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at Squiz Kids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women, and together, honour their legacies. <laughs>